Hello, welcome to Concerto Episode 6. I'm Cameron Payne, I'm here with Hal, and we got a lot to digest from this week's wrestling content, and breaking news happened last night before we were actually recorded the show. We had the show set up and ready to go, but then breaking news happened, and unfortunately another Black Thursday. It always seems to come on a Thursday or a Tuesday. It's our favorite day to ruin someone's life, apparently. <laughs> it is. Um, uh, we couldn't just leave well enough alone and let the news of the week be... AEW full gear. We just had to have another release-filled Thursday. Yep. I feel like WWE's like, well, AEW's in the news. Screw it. Let's just release a couple people to see if we can get some traction. It's a great kind of traction where everyone goes, why do I watch this company after watching some stars get invested in be released two weeks after their main roster debut? Yep. So uh, Johnny Drip Drip is gone. John Morrison. Um, Hit Row is gone. Jackson Riker was another name. Uh, uh, Tegan Knox was another one, which was kind of surprising. I am... First of all, let's start with John Morrison. You can kind of see the writing on the walls after his wife got released. Uh, The the former, I couldn't even remember her WWE name, um, but she is Taya Valkyrie. She's better as Taya Valkyrie than whatever they're going to make her in NXT. Uh, It's just... It's disheartening to see John Morrison get released again. I mean, remember back in 2010 when he was over and hot and they did nothing with him and then he got released and then I think he took what, a three year hiatus came back with uh, oh man Lucha Underground that was the promotion as Johnny Imundo and it was a reinvention of himself he felt cool again he did and Johnny Impact was cool they brought him back and he was just the Miz's buddy again which they did some fun stuff there but jo- like jo- America's Moist Wanted and Johnny Drip Drip was just hilarious yeah but you could tell at some point it was going to be like, yeah. he's going to break up with him again, then John Morrison's going to be without a job again. Yeah, it's really weird because you think between The Miz and Morrison, you think Morrison would be the breakout talent because he just has a better look than The Miz. But For some reason, well, The Miz has just charisma you can't teach. Yes. And John Morrison, with the look and all, he has charisma, sure. But he, he just can't go on the mic. Skills. Yeah, he does not have mic skills. That, that's probably what's done him in on his career. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, so, Tegan Knotts has gone to uh, Hit Row. In, all of them now. For the first, they released the girl they had with them. And I can't remember her name. B-Fab. B-Fab. And now they're just gone. This is the actual most frustrating one because they didn't get a chance. Not they even legit. a little chance. Now, um, Top Dollar better start deleting some tweets and begging to Tony Khan's all to write about now. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I was really not aging well what he said about AEW and how, oh, we'll all be fine on the main roster. No, you weren't fine. Well, you, you got released. never thought that. I mean, this just shows no one's safe in AEW. Absolutely right. no one's safe. Uh, not AEW, uh, WWE. Uh, no one in that company, that godforsaken company, no one is safe, and I am... At my wit's end at trying to justify how these keep happening. These are not people who are being paid very highly. They, they aren't. I and mean, it's just really weird because you think they would try to save money, right? You think they would just stop using Brock Lesnar. Maybe they would, uh, I wouldn't say release Roman Reigns, but it honestly feels like it's, they're kind of running the course of the Usos at this point. Usos have ran their course at having like the biggest leash in the world and how much trouble they've gotten in how much how much is jimmy i believe it was jimmy right who had the dui in the uh, summer they, they've both had their fair share like the, they've been in trouble and 
just the, the amount of trouble they both gotten into. You would think they would be released by now, but apparently not. I think it's mostly because they push merch pretty well. I would assume that's yeah. what does it. They've been consistent at that over the last decade. But they also bring more PR problems, and I think they're actually yeah. worth, to be honest, because... Same thing with Xavier Rhodes. I mean, in terms of in-ring, he hasn't... When has Xavier Rhodes really impressed you in his in-ring work outside of the King of Ring tournament? Uh, he typically has, and last time, I would say he was most impressive when he was in TNA. Yeah, like, I'm surprised he hasn't been really... You think people that would be obvious on the chopping block, not young talent. It's just, it's weird. This seems like there's a lack of building stars in WWE, and they talk about that. Like, WWE fans talk about, oh, you know, we still have stars like Roman, but you don't have new stars. They don't. And they, they talk about, oh, they should build up new guys, and then they just release them. We had guys you could have built up right now. I mean, last the last Black Thursday is bad as Karrion Cross ended up being handled, the potential was there. Just look at it. Yes. That guy should have been better than a one at best mid-carder and two jobber in a Roman Coliseum mask. It, it was just disappointing. Every time Karrion Cross, he didn't have Scarlet. Scarlet got released too. And it's just horrible. Like, no, I mean, really, no young talent can go to WWE believing that they're safe. To me, this is just, it's made something very clear to independent talent. You don't want to go to WWE anymore. That's not your goal. It shouldn't be your goal. Yep. You should want to go, hey, we're somewhere where they'll do whatever they want. They got a bunch of different shows they could use me on. I'll get paid the same either way. Yeah. You go to AEW. You could wrestle on Dark. Sure, it's not be on the main show, but you know what? It's exposure. Probably getting more exposure than what you're getting in WWE. Looking like an idiot jobbing out in like 10 seconds to... Who knows what? Yeah, also you get to be a wrestler instead of a sports entertainer. That is probably one of the most attractive things, I'd say. It's just, it's so weird. I don't think I've, in all that I've grown up watching WWE, I've never seen releases like this, ever. There would be the once post-mania uh, release spree, and you kind of go, I recognize that name, but I haven't seen him in forever. Seems like every two weeks this is happening, I and mean, like... Guys who's probably going to be on the chopping block next, I wouldn't surprise me if it would be Sami Zayn who got released, uh, Roderick Strong who would get released. Hell, I could see Gargano and Ciampa going soon. They, I mean, their contracts are all coming up soon. I don't think, I'm not sure I'll see a release, but th their contracts are up. They yeah. can walk if they want, and I don't see why they would stay around. Why would they stay around? That's exactly right. But anyways, that's uh, another no notable name that we haven't, like, we haven't seen on TV since July is Jackson Riker. So that uh, entire stable is gone now. Now, I'm going to put it out there. I don't know how he survived the other ones. What has this guy done? I, I mean, don't know. Uh, he's been a bit of a controversial figure in the fan base because they're kind of like, I don't agree with many of the things this guy yeah. says. I believe he got in a, got in a program midsummer with Elias. Who, where is he? I'm Dude. surprised Elias isn't gone at this point. I mean, he did that whole thing where he burned the guitar, and I was like, yep, there goes your entire character, to be honest with you. That's the best part of you. I Remember when he did that with Emma? The whole Emma-lution or something like that? Like, they had these programs that were her, like, just on a beach, and it was like, it's like an evolution or something. And then she was gone. And then she came out, and it was like, this is the evolution, now wait again in like another three weeks, and it was like, what? 
Like, okay. Uh, I, I try to forget everything they did with Emma after her main roster debut, to be honest. Yes. I mean, NXT run was pretty good, but that, that whole deal where they re-debuted, that was terrible. Yes, that was horrible. Because she literally came out on Raw, said, this is, like, the new Emma, and I was like, now expect something different, and we waited another three weeks and saw her in her old gimmick. Yeah, it was real. It was real creative booking to just swerve us into thinking she's gonna be different, and then say no, she's the same. That's yep. real creative, guys. Real, real proud creative. Of you. Real creative. I, it, this just proves they don't have real writers. They got comedy writers. They, they got TV writers. They don't have wrestling writers. They don't know anything about wrestling anymore. That's all I'm gonna but say. That, who was the writer that got fired? Who touted on Twitter um, that she? Has a job in WWE, but hasn't seen wrestling ever in her life. I I can't remember, but like it was a whole controversy in the summer about it, and she ended up getting fired because of it. Which uh, also is kind of ridiculous. You're gonna hire her without that experience, and then just fire her when she's honest with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, she should have been pretty clear about the fact that it really doesn't matter. It's not like her stuff was ever gonna get on air anyway, yeah. because it's Vince McMahon. No, all the writers are there to be blamed when things are bad. Yep. None of the writers' actual material, I think, actually makes it to air. Thank goodness, at this point. I don't know if it's a thank goodness, because it's not like what Vince is putting out there is much better. Yeah. That guy's Because Bruce Prichard wanted to make Adam Cole a manager. I mean, honestly, if he had named him Budge, I might feel better about it now. But he would have shaved he, his head, too. I don't think they would have actually called him Budge. I think they would have called him something more stupid. They would call him Cole. Yeah, cool. just, no, 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 they just call him Adam, because they can't have Michael Cole. They just I, should be Adam. I like the canon storyline where Adam Cole is Michael Cole's son. That would have been funny. Michael Cole is a legitimate son. Th that would have been much better than Even shaving his head. They would have shaved his head, probably called him Adam, baby. And, or just Adam Bay. They would just call him Adam Bay. It's so horrible. But anyways, what are we getting to with the fallout from Full Gear? Let's talk a little bit about SmackDown. Smackdown. <laughs> oh right. my goodness gracious. So, let's, yeah, let's start with Smackdown. Let's just start with Smackdown. Just, we're going to highlight Smackdown. Roman and Xavier Woods, I kind of like it. It's kind of like a good aspect of Tribal Chief versus King of the Ring. It, it, it works. This is the best thing they've done with King of the Ring in years. Honestly, probably since, I'm trying to think. They don't do much with it. It's always, I'm the king. I do a funny little accent, and it's awesome. This is probably the best thing since King Booker. King Booker was amazing. King Booker was great. If there was a guy who was allowed to do a phony accent that sounded amazing, it's King Booker. King Booker is World Heavyweight Champion when he had that run. It was nice. I liked it. I liked it. Um, what else happened? Uh, Leah and Naomi took on Sasha. No, yeah, Leah, Naomi, Sasha Banks took on Shotzi. Shayna Baszler and Natalia. Don't know why it says Shotzi Blackheart on the website, because we they just call her Shotzi now. Yeah, and she doesn't have a tank. We, she doesn't do the tank anymore. Doesn't do the tank, and maybe that's because she's a heel now. Yeah, it's real great. Just take away all the fun things about a character. I get yeah. it. Not, that's a crowd pleaser and all, but come on. Uh, I didn't know Natalia was still with the company. I thought she was gone. I haven't uh, seen her on TV in weeks. She's got the Hart name. She'll never lose her job. Yeah. Even though they don't even call her Natalia Hart anymore. Do you say Natalia? Uh, they took her name away so yeah. quickly. <laughs> Anyways, Aaliyah, Naomi, and Sasha Banks, uh, they won. I guess, no, nothing really. Uh, something did happen in this match, and I, I feel bad for pointing it out. What is it? Because um, I didn't watch this match, so, not going to lie. I fell asleep. First of all, 
I was I'm very unfamiliar with Aaliyah. I don't know what she's I know really she done. She was on the Survivor Series team for the women but got taken off by Sonya Deville, which is weird because now Sonya Deville's a heel general manager after being like a face for like seven months. So what happened here is Aaliyah gets the win, but um, she had a she got sick in the ring. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, it was very awkward and a little weird. It wasn't storyline. You could tell it was like, oh, she's actually not feeling good. Yeah. So I think part of that might have played into why she got taken off of the Survivor Series card because we can't have you get sick. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. We can't have you in the match now. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's. It, it, honestly, that whole segment was just kind of... I fell asleep. Let's it, put it that way. It's where they made sure you got to sleep so you'd miss the go-home rampage. Yep, that's basically what it is. Uh, Los Luthorares... Don't, I can't even say that. Uh, defeated Nakamura and Rick Boogs. And this is stupid. Why are they bearing Boogs and Nakamura now? I quite frankly don't understand they did a whole thing where boogs got wiped out and then they double team nakamura but i feel like nakamura should be able to beat both of them um but nakamura should not be a mid-card guy he really shouldn't and i hate how they just changed his style yeah kurt angle said it himself that shinsuke nakamura is being used very very wrong he should be a main eventer and i want to point out that this team is called los lotharios los lotharios there we and go. that is a last time i heard lothario was in a shakespeare uh story and i don't know why vince mcmahon has dug into shakespeare for tag team names now yep um charlotte flair refused to defend the smackdown women's championship against tony storm another name i forgot that was just with the company tony storm <laughs> i don't Okay, here's the thing. I like Tony Storm. Tony Storm's very good. Yeah, Tony Storm's great. But this whole thing where they keep talking about how she's an '80s wild child, I hate it. It makes yeah. me mad. You know they're gonna I call hear. her Wild Child soon. I keep hearing we're gonna lose the name Tony Storm and they'll call her Wild Child. They keep saying he's an '80s wild child who likes rock and roll. I'm like, that's not a character. That's liking rock and roll. She should, what do you mean? She should just come out to Joan Jett. Just Ronda Rousey's theme, just take Ronda Rousey's theme, and then Ronda Rousey comes back like, yo, why'd you take my theme? At that point, let Tony Storm bury Ronda Rousey. I mean, that's how I feel about that one. Honestly, Ronda Rousey never deserved to be in WWE because she could not handle criticism. She could not handle uh, the main, the the heavy schedule. She really couldn't. I, I don't understand. I understand why they brought her in. There's a lot of attention. And honestly, there was a lot of potential. I was excited when she came in, but... She's After her reaction to the fans calling us no-namers, calling us idiots, saying we chant beach balls because we're bored and we've seen the match 5,000 times over. Yeah, I mean, this is what happens when you stop watching wrestling, I guess, at some point in your life and come back and you're like, wait, why are things different? It's because everything sucks. It sucks now. Yep. It's sorry. It just sucks now. And Ronda took to the sport really well in terms of talent. Yeah, she's a great talent. But her in-ring works really did translate well. You have to have thick skin to be a wrestler these days. I think because we were robbed of Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey twice. Once by Nia Jax. Thanks, Nia. That's why you got released. Twice by Vince thinking, yeah, let's put Charlotte in there and having a triple threat main event. The money they would have sold with Ronda and Becky at WrestleMania after not having a Survivor Series that year. It would have been amazing. It probably would have been a better overall match than what it was. 
but it would have robbed us of that brilliant scene where they all got arrested and Charlotte oh, yeah. is up to the window, handcuffed. It breaks the window. And boots Ronda in the head. That was the greatest uh, moment in wrestling history. That was the greatest <laughs> moment in Raw for a while when they all got arrested. That, that sold me on the main event. I was like, I don't even care if Charlotte's in it anymore. This I remember Michael Cole saying, the main event of WrestleMania's in jail! Yeah, was, that would have been funny. He has a jail cell uh, main event. <laughs> it would have been a jailhouse street fight. <laughs> Like a graveyard match. Um, most notable thing I found from SmackDown. I watched Jeff Hardy, and he's getting pops on par with 09 and 08 right now. Yeah. Which is surprising. I feel like it was a matter of time. Whenever he went solo, the fans were going to be like, yeah, I still love this guy. It seems like almost every week, whether or not Jeff Hardy's trending on Twitter for some reason... Of he deserves better. We want to see Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy's still amazing. I love Jeff Hardy. I jumped off things like Jeff Hardy when I was little too. Well, okay. So you as a kid were nuts. Is what I just got <laughs> from that. They said specifically, don't try this at home. Have you come on? <laughs> Who who's never climbed up to the top of the bunk bed, off the ladder, done the Jeff Hardy hand motions, and did a swanton bomb on your brother? Well, um, I'm going to tell you I didn't, because quite frankly, if I did a flip, I don't think I would have landed correctly. <laughs> I've done the small time many times. Me and my siblings did not listen to the don't try this at home. We had our own promotion. So. Go to Backyard League Wrestling. <laughs> they had the Roman Reigns match, and it was short, and they beat, him, beat King Woods up really badly. Yep. Those are probably the few highlights of the show. Uh, just Roman and King Woods and Hardy just getting a pop. Um, one thing to notice from that match, Sami Zayn, Sammy Zayn the, the stipulation was the loser would not be on the Survivor Series team, so the mystery man is probably going to be Sami Zayn in a mask. Wouldn't doubt it if it was El Generico, because that would be hilarious. Oh, I wish they would give him that, but they'll probably put some other guy under the El Generico mask. They'll probably make... just put him in like the full body suit like they did with couple, the Conquistador. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I could see them doing that. But, yeah, so... I w- I, I mean, with the pop chest get, I can see something happening in Survivor Series, but we'll get a little bit later to that. But Full Gear, this is the one we were all energized. Like, you heard us the last 20 minutes just kind of feeling tired and just exhausted, mainly because school, but also because talking WWE just hurts. It is pain. That like, company's terrible. Like, I'm, I'd rather eat gas station sushi and stay at a Super 8. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would too, as long as they had TNT on that TV that they yeah. have in the room. And I'm not talking like an indoor super. I'm talking where the rooms is like outside of the building. Like you have to access your room by like, a, like an outside corridor. The door doesn't fully close. Yeah, it doesn't fully close. You know, chain doesn't lock. You hear something weird happen outside, you don't want to check. You yeah, the AC unit is broken too. Yeah, the AC's broken, it's 100 degrees in your room at this point, but at least you yeah. might be able to watch AEW instead of WWE. Yep. And the parking lot looks newly paved, there's cracks everywhere in it. So, that, that's that's what I'd rather do than just basically watch WWE to its extent outside of anything Jeff Hardy or, like, Roman-related. Um, but Full Gear, holy cow, let's just get right into it. Um, the buy-in, I think we should talk a little bit about that. Uh, you know... This was fine considering they needed to get people on the show, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here Kushida, Thunder Rosa. I love Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa is just amazing. She is honestly. They should just, because she's facing Jamie Hader, put Jamie Hader over by cheating and then have Thunder Rosa go after AEW Women's Championship. They, so, 
I would be up for it because, I mean, Thunder Rosa and Hikaru Shida got the win here. Mm-hmm. I feel like you want to toss a little curveball and you want Thunder Rosa back in the other title scene, you should probably have her lose right about now. Yep. To Brit's henchwoman. Jamie Hader. I mean, it would sense. work. It would work. And it seems like the only person who can dethrone Bitbreaker right now, believable, was, it well, not it was, is Thunder Rosa. Because she's just an amazing performer. It's her. I give Sheeta that same nod because I mean Sheeta's very. She has that pedigree behind her now, but Thunder Rose is the one. Thunder Rose is. She's the one who needs to do it. If it wasn't Ruby Soho at her debut, which I think would have set a bad precedent for uh, debuting talent, yes, jumping into the scene. Um, I think it needs to be Thunder Rosa, and I also do want to see in the next year Ruby Soho hold that title. I also want to see Ty Conti hold that title because. Her match. We'll get into her. We'll get into her. In a second. She looked like a superstar. I'm just saying. I'll tell you what. She, I was not sold until that match. All right. MGF and Darby Allen. I think this was probably the best wrestling. Like, overall wrestling. I will put this this way. This was a Darby Allen match. You know everything yes. Darby's known for. Jim Cornette loved this match. Yes. Which tells you something about this match. If it appealed to Jim Cornette with Darby Allen and a guy known for everything yes. Jim Cornette hates, then it was a darn good match. Because I was listening to this and I was surprised. I was like, there's no way it was the best wrestling match. So I read up on it, right? Because I haven't watched the show exactly yet. Because I haven't had time to. But that, that's a that's a talk for another day. I'll watch it probably this, sometime this weekend. But I read up on it and I was like, okay. MGF, Darby Allen's getting really high praise. And I wouldn't say it's surprising because we know what Darby Allen can do in the ring, but we haven't seen a lot of MJF in the ring. So a lot of like misconceptions with MJF is that he's better on the mic than he is in the ring. I would say he's probably on par with both his mic skills in ring work. Yeah, he, his whole thing was he was saying that his technical wrestling would be the difference. And sure, no, it wasn't, of course, because MJF's a yeah. dirty, dirty cheater, and we all know that. And it worked. It drew heat with it, the sucker punch at the end with the ring. It works, and then he got a technical wrestling headlock takedown yep. to get the pin, and that's that. It really did show that the story, he wasn't wrong, but he wasn't right either. Yes. It was, I hope we get another match of this down the line soon. We will. I Maybe mean, for our championship or something? These guys are the, as they said, they're the pillars. Yes. They're, this is not going to be the only I time they see, face off. I want to see MJF hold, hold the AEW World Title soon. I want to see it too because he's he he kind of pushed for it later on. But oh yeah, <laughs> we're gonna we'll talk get, about we'll get to that. We'll get to that. There's <laughs> a lot of this is we'll get to that because <laughs> it's so much. It's a lot. FTR Lucha Bros. What the hell was this ending? I don't know. Why was Dax and Cash go under the ring? One of them comes up wearing a mask. They're trying to do the Bella Twin switcheroo, and I don't... Uh, they, but I they're not really, twins. They're not twins. They do have the same body type, I guess. You just cover their face <laughs> to guess who's who. So I guess that I feel like Dax has a ta- tattoo, though, that Wheeler doesn't, and vice versa. It's... I don't think the I don't think they thought through the ending. It was a really good match up to that <laughs> The match was really good. FTR and Lucha Bros, they could wrestle a hundred times over, and I would watch every single match, and they probably would split 50-50. Yeah, and I... 
did you hear the commentary at the end? Or oh, they no. at, the, at the end they went, wait, is that not? I don't think that's a legal man. I'm going like, please, guys, I know no, we know you're, you're right, but it, it, you can't it save this ending. Yeah, I mean it helps further the storyline between the two because they're definitely not done yet. But uh, it was just a weird ending. But overall, I, I like the match. Um, Miro and Danielson. This is, of course, just Holy great. Cow. I can't believe they only faced each other one other time before. I, I also can't, but then I remember the majority of Miro's run in the other company. Miro is just amazing. Where was this? And why didn't he have this in the WWE? I don't... This uh, just shows the booking in WWE is atrocious. I could give you a great answer for why it's not Remember there. when Rusev Day was like the hottest thing ever? This guy did make things over every time he was given something bad he just found a way to make it get him over yes the whole i'm from russia we're better than you it got over for, for a lot of heat the rusev day got over got a lot of heat it doesn't make sense how they didn't capitalize but aw's capitalizing they are. This, this match i was i was said it before i thought miro could probably get it but in the end yep. we all kind of knew in our minds Danielson's gonna win. Yeah. My heart wanted Miro to win, though. I, I like the longer. I like the little subtle touch at the end with Danielson hitting that TD, uh, DDT. Kind of like the main event guys know what Miro's weakness is. It is my favorite thing that Miro is an unstoppable monster with a weakness. How many guys have a weakness these days? Nobody. No one has a weakness, and Miro has found one that is well it can be exploited. But one day, when he kicks out. After a DDT finisher combo, yeah. you're going to sit there going, oh, That's not no. from Fuego del Sol or Fuego del Idiot. Yeah, it's from Brian Danielson this time. Brian Danielson got the win. I mean... I mean, we kind of expected it. We really did. We did, and I'm not disappointed at all, of course, because that means we get Brian Danielson versus insert winner here. We can't say it just can't yet. Can't say just yet. Uh, Christian Cage, Jurassic Express versus Super Click, and... <laughs> oh, cow. Adam Cole almost died. This match was nuts. <laughs> it was, it was all you wanted from a Falls Count Anywhere match. Like it's gimmicky. There's weapons. There's stuff flying around. Luchasaurus doing whatever to what shooting star press off the stage. That I think was it nuts. was. That was nuts. Holy cow! Luchasaurus is amazing. Um, Jungle Boy came out in jeans, and I guarantee this is a look we're not going to see the last yes. of. Yes, I like Jungle. Dang, Jungle Boy. Is getting more and over and over and over. He's one of those pillars. And he's another guy I just want to see hold the championship soon. The thing is, this was like the death of Jungle Boy to me, though. He's Jungle Man now after yeah. what he did to... Uh, which one of the Bucks did he do the concerto to? I think, I think it was Nick. It was Nick. Yeah, he, he hit Nick with a concerto. Because, again, we're just skirting the lines with our show name now. You're really going to draw attention I know. to it. Con and I, Every time you hear the word concerto, we're probably going to show up in a search engine. I, I, I'm sitting there going, like, I don't know if this is good for us or if we're getting sued tomorrow. I'm <laughs> terrified. We should, file, we should file the copyright claims. We, we, we're trademarking concerto. Thank you. Trademark. Oh, my God. Could you imagine on WWE TV they used the word concerto? We see that. File a law. Sue and sue him for everything they're worth. Listen, I'm calling Vince and saying, listen, I'm either suing or you're giving me a job. Yep. <laughs> On the creative team, we're going to fire Bruce Pritchard and we're going to be the creative team. Hey, I could, I'm telling you right now, I got a lot of Vince Russo in me if you want that. How about that? My, my energy is we fire Kevin Dunn, we fire um, Bruce Pritchard, 
and fire John Laurinaitis. I think we're just going to have to sue him is what that's coming down yeah. to. Yeah. And we'll fire Nick Khan. That's the first guy off the chopping block for me. Um, this Yeah, this match was actually nuts. I think it Christian, was great. Christian I, Cage did a stage dive, mm-hmm. which he is in his mid-40s doing ECW stuff. Yes. Christian Cage. Talk about Ageless Wonder. I, Him and Edge, right now. That guy had almost as long time off as CM Punk, and once again, we're seeing neither of them missed a step. Yeah. Christian Cage looks as good, if not better, because he's not held back by WWE's match style, which is usually hold back. Yeah. Don't do everything you can. He looks great. I mean, he looks great for the age he is, and he just comes off of a genuine legend superstar. Yeah, and he's looking like a great mentor for Jungle yes. Boy now, which is... Is Christian amazing. in the Hall of Fame? I... He might be with Edge and Christian, right? I think so. I think he's in the TNA Hall of Fame. He should Impact be. Impact Hall of Fame, for sure. There needs to be another wrestling Hall of Fame, like a straight-up wrestling Hall of Fame, not a WWE Hall of Fame. That, just, that, that's what Christian Cage comes off to me as. He's a legendary superstar. He is, and honestly, his whole... This whole stage of his career is basically make up for time lost. Yep. And he's made up for time lost. And to be honest, he has never used his potential in his first run in WWE despite being over. Yep. In the second run, it was like, yeah, you're getting the you EC- didn't hold the title title run. Yeah, he held the ECW championship and held the world heavyweight title for eight days. Yeah. Well, he held it for longer at a second stint, but it was like a month. It was all there for a good... It was a great feud with Randy Orton, but it was kind of like... I, you maybe li- like Randy Orton less when you took the title off Christian. Yeah, because it was such a story that he won it for Edge. Yeah. That that was that was the greatest thing. Cody Rhodes and... Oh, Cody Rhodes. Ah. Uh, Cody boo. Rhodes. Uh, and Pac versus Malachi Black and Andre Elita Lidolo. I just love saying Elita Lidolo. So, uh, this... So, I actually enjoyed this for the story that played out. It wasn't a spectacular match. It wasn't. But I mean, it was more along the lines of the story being. Who is the baby these, face? Um, probably the heels. Pack. I seem well, like Pack was the one I think who was had the crowd behind him. Yes, Pack is great in the ring. Let's never forget that. Both of these teams hated each other. Yes, I love that. I did. I do love that too. But I just the one problem was Cody. They were, basically, the fans wanted to cheer Cody at the start of AEW. Then he goes away for a while, doesn't come off as real, comes off as, like, just this guy, this Hollywood guy now. He's doing all this stuff. And they boo him. And they're not pulling the trigger on whatever they're planning on doing at they're this not. point. They it's need a, to. This is the one thing that is kind of the real... <laughs> I know why, because it's hard for Cody to accept that one... He needs to be a bad guy, and two, he'll be a really good bad guy. He would be, be in the main event. It would be gold if he and Brand. If it would be gold if Brandy just turned on him and be like, you know, you're not the man I married and stuff like that. And that's what turns him. And then he comes out, attacks Hangman Page, and just literally challenges for the title, even after saying he won it again. That's gonna be the biggest crux of his heel turn. Whenever it comes, is he needs to challenge for the title after he said he wouldn't. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing he needs to do the most, and. And win it this time. My biggest problem with this match is it could have been a dynamite main event. It could have. I mean, it just felt like it was just thrown in there to get them all four on the card. Because I feel like they wouldn't have enough time if they had two separate matches. 
Yeah. And, uh, it's already a long show at that point. If you ask me, the third match between Malachi and Cody should have been a pay-per-view match. Yes. It didn't, doesn't make much Arguably sense. Arguably the second one should have been a pay-per-view match. Yeah, it just it doesn't make sense to throw together this makeshift tag team match. Yes. Uh, but for what it was, it was all right. Um, CM Punk in Kingston. Holy cow. This came off as real. The little things Punk did... You know, not saying it's clobbering time, we're in a different tr- uh, trunks. Just came off as like, this is real, this is a fight, and we're about to beat the crap out of each other. I was sold from the, before the bell rang, when Kingston hits him with a spinning back, back yeah, fist, just before the, the match even starts. This felt, <clears throat> this felt like Austin versus Brett. It, That's what it felt like. It did, but the thing that got me was, this is... CM Punk didn't do the Brett thing where he's going to hold him in the move until after the match is over Yeah, and he passes out. No. This was CM Punk went out there, got brutalized. Yes. <laughs> he was a bloody mess. And he it was. It was a heck of a look. And he goes, he still finds a way to win. This is the Punk we want, too. And you, you think to yourself, he was doing a little some cocky stuff in there. He did the John Cena Five moves of doom, I think it was, uh, except for the five knuckle shuffle. Let's call it three and a half because he, he didn't do. He, he stopped before the five, five knuckle. <laughs> he imagine a pop if he did the five knuckle shuffle. Oh, he had his hand up the whole time, and the crowd starting like. And then next day we see John Cena is all elite. I would, I would lose my mind at that one. Should <laughs> John Cena became all elite? There, there's not a, there's not a timeline in the world where I see that happening though. Imagine John Cena becomes all elite. He gets pushed to the moon. Oh, the no, your title. Right, now everyone's jumping the WWE again because John Cena's in the face of the company again. <laughs> he becomes the NWO ringleader. They turn him heel. Finally. But this match was actually insane because the crowd, again, we saw this they were into they it. love Eddie Kingston. They booed CM Punk again. Yeah. And it's starting to get there where you're going, they're going to turn him heel. They're going to turn him heel. Yeah, and it's going to be gold because we know what Punk can do. And uh, I, even though it was uh, the segment on, uh, he had a segment on Dynamite that was worth talking about. Um, I still saw the hints there too, despite everyone involved. Yep. Um, now we had the Inner Circle versus Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, Junior Dos Santos, Andre Orlovsky, and Dan Lambert. And just, do they? Why did they start out in the ring tagging when it's a Minneapolis street fight? AEW's biggest problem has been they don't know how street fights work. <laughs> I don't think they know how tag team matches work either. I don't know why. Well, yeah, they obviously don't. I, I'm, it, as great as their tag division is and how great the matches are, they, they have a, a complete disdain for the rules. They don't believe that tag ropes are real. They don't believe in any yeah. of this. But So it was good because, you know, it's a street fight. Sammy Guevara hit, a, I believe, a swanton bomb, a ladder. Looks good. Um, H- Hager hit people with a toaster so that that <laughs> popped me <laughs> well it wasn't like everything like in the street fight was supposedly invented in minneapolis i didn't know a toaster or popularized which i don't know what that means <laughs> i guess it was a ex- did they just not have toasters anywhere else in the united states when toasters first came out except for minneapolis minneapolis known for only having toasters and hockey sticks uh, hockey sticks apparently popularized in minneapolis yeah not canada who sure. wouldn't know Sure. Jericho had to be going like, give me hockey sticks. And you're like, it has to be in Minnesota. Yeah, sure. It's be great when they go to Winnipeg or something. They had the Winnipeg street fight. The Winnipeg street. And fight. someone's beating someone with a, like a maple syrup yeah. jar. 
Jericho is going to be wearing his Winnipeg Jets jersey for that yeah. one. But this, they'll just take a Winnipeg Jet like a jet. They'll just fight on an airstrip. This match was uh, it was about what you expect out of a street yeah. fight. Some people might have hated it. I didn't. Um, the night was full of Eddie Guerrero tributes because it was in Minneapolis yeah. on the anniversary. So, and that was heartwarming to see yeah. a lot. There was of a frog tributes. splash in his match too. Yes, it ended the match. Chris Jericho hit a frog splash. And I don't mean to be that guy, but Chris Jericho hitting a frog splash, I believe it in the match now. Look at him. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Jericho. How squashy. See, Jericho, like, his ring, his problem's not in ring work or getting in shape. It's He drinks too much alcohol. He just needs it. He, at this point, I think he's gotten it through his head of, I've lasted this long in the wrestling business. I'm not taking advice from anybody. Yep. Like, literally, you see him on his Instagram live all the time just drinking alcohol. It's just strange. You just see... He's, Made it clear he likes a little bit of the bubbly. You know? He does like the bubbly. What's a bubbly? Yeah. Like champion. But Jay Lethal is now all elite. That was a big name, and I'm excited for him. I did not expect this at all. No one I was, did. I was, I was like, this one thing feels missing as the surprises, but that's because I'm spoiled from all out. Um, and then Jay Lethal comes out, and I'm like, well, that's a surprise. Yep. Um, I, I was really hoping he was going to do a callback to his black machismo gimmick mm-hmm. and he did open up with a little bit of it and then he went to Jay Lethal because he's his own guy now yeah. he doesn't have to do a mock persona of Randy Savage anymore he's made himself yep. into a star in or Ric Flair that, that the Ric Flair one he could do that and it'd be over forever oh the I still go back and watch that promo between the two of them. I love how the, the look in Ric Flair's eyes when it kicks in that okay this is gonna be something like, this is the first yeah. and only thing in Impact I'm going to do that's worth anything. When they both started knee-dropping their jackets. <laughs> it was actually... If you haven't seen that segment, you missed out. This was you a did. golden segment out of Impact. And now we have Kenny Omega. This is Hangman Page. Year, like, what, two, three-year build-up, basically. So the beginning of the company. It always seemed like Hangman couldn't win the big one. And Omega, the split... It was great. This match was actually amazing. And the ending. Let's, can we just touch on the ending? The Bucks coming out, not interfering with the first Buckshot Larry, Kenny in the back of the head. I believe Kenny kicked out of that one, right? Yeah. Yeah, he kicked out. Then the second one, where he looks at Matt, and Matt just gives a subtle nod. Wow. You gotta give it to the Young Bucks now. They know how this works. As much as they get criticism, This they were needed right here and they played their parts to perfection. You didn't need to be yeah. over the top and be like, thumbs up, you could do it. You just go like, I'm not happy about this, but go for it. Yeah, and the funny thing was, like, they didn't con- like they came out like battered and bruised from their match earlier tonight, like they were limping down. And like that's just great selling overall from like, oh, we just went through this battle, like we're not gonna run down and run in and stuff like that. I- I'm surprised if I get it, if you're like an old school person, you're probably like Nick Jackson shouldn't be out there after taking a concerto, which. Fair, I guess, Fair. but I... Maybe he just, you know... But he was needed. Maybe he just had a lot of tall on him. Yeah. A lot of tall like that. He, The thing is that they were more needed in that moment than they were in, even in their match. Yeah. Because... It told the story. It finally tied a bow around this story. And let's cover a little pieces of the match. Adam Page hits Kenny Omega with, with the, the one wing angel. angel. The first person to kick out of the one wing angle, one wing angel since I believe it was Kota Ibushi. Yes, is Kenny Omega. 
Now, they did sell it well on commentary. Well, that's that's why Kenny Omega does it. Yeah. He knows how to do it. Hangman Page, he pulled it out, but he doesn't have the same oomph on it. Yep. And this storytelling was amazing. It really was. That When they hit him with the second buckshot, Larry, it was just kind of, this is it. This is and, the moment the crowd popped. Yes. I would have liked the entire locker room filling out, not just a dark order, but... I'm not. That's the only gap I have of it. It's not even the match itself. It made more sense to me that the Dark Order would come out because they're the friends that had his back when yeah. he won or lost. If it was the entire locker room, it would have been like, uh, some of these people have nothing to do with yeah. Hangman Page. But the Dark Order, their whole story has been, they don't need a leader, and he didn't need a group, but he did need friends. Yeah. So, there we go. That wrapped up that uh, full gear. Uh, wrap up and now let's get into some Survivor Series picks before we take a little break and talk about Raw Torture Moments which is Monday Night Raw Torture it's horrible yes it is horrible but Survivor Series here we go we're gonna start off uh, hot and heavy Universal Champion Roman Reigns taking on Big E WWE Champion Smackdown vs. Raw Survivor Series who you got and just make some picks I got Roman I mean there's no way around it Everyone's picking Roman in this match. There's no way he would lose. Man, this, uh, after being very conflicted in the last paper we've made picks for, that's frustrating how easy this pick is. Yeah. Roman Reigns is going to win, and it's going to be something with a lot of interference. I'm not going to care for it. Yeah. The next one is kind of hard to pick, um, is Charlotte versus Becky. How many times have we seen this match? Like, we've seen this match a ton. The one women's division I'm going to keep comparing them so you can see how bad this is the one women's division that's called the not deep not great they have more fresh matchups despite having in most people's yes. opinion, three main event caliber women they have fresh we missed Ty Conti in there oh we did miss Ty Conti and Britt Baker okay, okay we're going to talk a little bit about that first yeah we'll talk about them first because quite frankly this was a good match Britt Baker is great we yeah. knew that but Ty Conti Honestly, at first, I was like... I love the Brazil oh, makeup. It, 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 it made it her made, come off awesome. This felt like a big fight feel with for that makeup. With that makeup on, it felt like she's like, I'm with my war paint, and I'm ready to kick butt. It was... It, it, she She has a very convincing striking. Yes. Very convincing. Um, I mean, she has some... What? Uh, she has an MMA background. She has an MMA background. I think a judo background, yes. too. Um, and she is very good at implementing it into her game. She, She's I didn't amazing. know she was that good. She surprised me yes. with how good it was. Oh, my God. Oh, man. And then the promo, the package she had on Dynamite, not the best English, but this is, it works. It's fine. Uh, and it makes her come off as real. It, it, listening to her, I was kind of, you could tell, one, that's a Brazilian accent. You can yeah. hear it. And quite frankly. I think she sounds better live than she does in a video package. Yeah, they should. When she's coming with things on the fly. I think you should give her an interview before this match because one thing I think people weren't convinced about was Ty Conti. Yeah. This was like, oh, Britt's going to put her down and it might be competitive, but it's like you're going to expose yeah. her. No, she wasn't exposed. She was shown to be a great talent. Yeah, I feel a lot of people, there, there were two sides to this match. Uh, Britt's going to put her down easy and that's, you know, like you said, be a little bit competitive. Or it's going to be Ty Conti's coming out party. She may not pull it out, but she's going to show why she is one of the future a women's wrestlers in the, this division and in this company. And she showed that. That was her coming out party. That was her coming out party. And this match had one problem for me. 
it was in a horrible spot. It was it after was. all of the big moments. So much so we forgot about it. <laughs> the, the the thing is, they were putting on a gr- pretty good match to me, and the crowd just was dead because they were tired. Yeah. And that's the one thing they need to figure out is we need to find a way to put in a cool down match. They did a great job. People complained about it. Paul White versus QT Marshall. Great cool down match. No one cares. Yeah. You can go have your break now. If you, you can go like, to concessions. You can go get a t-shirt. You can go use the restroom. If you like Big Show, you can stay and watch Big Show, but you're not going to pop hard for it. You know yeah. you won't. But And then you get set, reset, and you're like, okay, I'm ready for the rest yeah, of the show. Now. now I got my Burt Baker t-shirt. Got my drink from concession. Got my nachos. It all costs about eighty dollars. Eighty dollars. You know, I'm back to my seat. Let's get ready to watch Ty Conti and Britt Baker. Yeah. Instead, it was like, it once again felt bad because I was like, this division, it wasn't put here intentionally in this yeah. case, but it's been used as a cooldown before. And this time, it did wasn't it, it, supposed to be used that way. But it felt like the crowd was using it that way. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's just. It's hard when you guys hit the stat card. Yeah. Just find a cooldown in there. And this was like a season finale type of deal. Yeah, I think they would have just benefited them if they just took a break. Yeah, honestly. If they just took like a five minute intermission. And you could fill that time easily. Yeah. You could just like have, I don't know. Uh, Well, say, what did that come right after? I'm not sure. Let me check. Um, But it's like you said, it's just, it's tough to have that booking. Also, I see why we missed it. Uh, CBS Sports, you should feel bad for leaving out the Ty Conti match. They did. They did That's leave a it bad out. look. We we pull up the CBS Sports because it gives us a list of the matches to go through. Because Going through memory chronological order doesn't work. It doesn't work. We just need like, a reminder of, like, oh, okay, this is what this match happened. This match happened. This match happened. And then we remember what we watched. Okay, so it came after the, the road. Oh, okay. It came after the Cody pack. That should have been, like, the real cool-down match. It felt like a cool-down, but it also lasted 17 minutes. And I, w- I want to say, looking at this card, I was CM Punk and Kingston the shortest match? Yes, it was. Even shorter than the buy-in. That's how you kind of get people is, I think they need to kind of learn this in terms of long-term storytelling. Leaving us wanting more isn't a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see more of that now, because it was only 11 minutes. Yep. All right, um, so back to Survivor Series. Becky Lynch, Charlotte, and you can just flip a coin, really. You uh, really could. I'm going to pick Becky because I kind of want to see Charlotte lose. Yeah, I want to see Becky two belts again. I wish you just put the belts on the line. I want to see Becky two belts. Um, next up on this card, you got Team Raw. So Seth Rollins, uh, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Austin Theory, and Bobby Lashley taking on Team SmackDown, Drew McIntyre, Xavier Woods, Jeff Hardy, Happy Corbin, and a mystery... Please tell me it's Mad Cat Moss. Please tell me yeah. Mad Cat Moss. <laughs> I'm picking SmackDown to win, and I'm picking Jeff Hardy to be the sole survivor, mainly because he's starting to get pops equivalent to 09, 08, and I think Vince is going to be like, you know what? We've been talking about, you know, maybe using Jeff, and Jeff's been talking about himself. Of it's time to change up. It's time to challenge for something he hasn't won before. TLC is right around the corner. I feel upset knowing what WWE will do, which is, oh, he's hot, huh? But probably just bury him. Yeah, we could, hey, Austin Theory's in the match. You could pin him. The, the, the logical theory would be to put Jeff Hardy as a sole survivor here, taking out two opponents or three opponents when it's three on one. And then 
do whatever character mashup he wants in taking on Roman in the main event for TLC. So I'm looking at these teams, and I already see what's going to happen. Finn Balor's going to get bullied by his team. <laughs> yeah. And Happy Corbin's going to get bullied by his team. They're all just heels on Finn Balor. What, what is Finn Balor, a tweener? Why is he on Raw? I don't, I don't know. Why, why is he on Raw? He should just stay on SmackDown. I don't know why anybody's anywhere anymore. Um, just, can we cancel Raw? That'd be fine with me. That'd be fine. You'd cancel the company, and I'd be okay with it at this point. Yes, please. Uh, so, yeah, nothing really too surprising there. Then we have Team Raw and Team SmackDown again facing each other. And this time, the women's... Team, issues with Team SmackDown, they seem to not have, like, a full set like team on both the men's or women's side because now there's just two mystery maybe I'm glad there's some mystery so I could at least look forward to one yes. maybe pop I guess so Bianca Belair Rhea Ripley Liv Morgan Carmella and Z- oh Zelina Va- Queen Zelina how What's... how do you pick this team to win when there's no cohesiveness whatsoever oh Rhea Ripley has a tag team partner that's doing nothing on the show let's not have her on team raw yep Oh, whatever, whatever happened to Nikki Almost Superhero, or wow. Nikki Superhero, or Nikki A.S.H., or Nikki Ash, whatever her, she's going by now. I don't know, and I, I don't want to say I don't care, but I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't blame you. Screw it. I don't, I'll, I'll pick Team SmackDown for the heck of it. I don't care. I'm looking at these, and, you know, you get make your arguments for why one will win over the other. Um, if Selena Vega is the sole survivor, I'm quitting this company completely. Please be Carmella. I'm going to, like, do a boycott on you talking about that. <laughs> now we got Nakamura and Damian Priest. And, again, it's a match I don't care about. It's hard to care about these shows, like Survivor Series, when there's no buildup between the two teams. Whoa. There's no invasion angle this time. There's, there's nothing. It's just cutting promos against each other, against no nameless teams. Becky Lynch said that the brand supremacy angle was outdated, which I disagree with, but there was also no way you could pull it off after the draft. There was no way you could actually say that these guys who have been here for two weeks care this much about their brand. Yes, yeah, and the thing was, I think the best brand supremacy Survivor Series we had when, when NXT took on Raw and SmackDown, and when NXT invaded SmackDown on the freaking tank. I felt like that was a great one. The one that stands out, and that's because I was a kid. It's 2005, when Raw invades SmackDown, and they're having a parking lot brawl. And what happens? Yeah. The world champion gets injured after he's choke slammed on a car. Yeah. I mean, you want to tell me that this matters? Oh, now it's real personal. You just yeah. took out their champion. Or how about a couple years ago before NXT invaded? Um, Raw. We ne- we hadn't seen this in a long time. I believe Raw invaded. Uh, no, SmackDown invaded Raw. And oh, that yes. was when the Shield was back together at that point. And SmackDown just went around everywhere beating up everybody. That was, uh, what was it? Uh, they beat up the... like a Siege? Under Siege? Yeah, Under Siege. That was actually one of the moments where I said, yeah. this is potential. This is a lot of potential. And then the next week at the Go Home, Raw did the same thing. Except this time it wasn't a surprise. Like, SmackDown kind of knew it was coming. And then here comes Braun Strowman and now we're here. Like, the bra, And then he comes out and starts... Trucking people. I was. I remember. I was watching that, and the first thing I kind of said was, "All Kurt Angle needs to do as a general manager is get Brock and Braun and show them. Oh, we could just destroy your brand with two people instead of the whole brand invading." Yep. Oh man, that that. There's no buildup like this. I don't care about it. The only thing I'm invested in is Jeff Hardy because it may be Roman Reigns at this point, but 
we know who's going to go over in that match. Yeah, it's in this one, Shinsuke and Damian Priest. I still, Damian Priest is the United States champion. That's how I learned. I forgot today he was the United, United champion. States champion. It's not, he has. Can we bring back the old U.S. belt, too? This one looks stupid. The, old, the U.S. belt right now is actually terrible. I want the I old U.S. It. belt back. The old I want US the old Intercontinental belt. title belt back. I can, I can live with the Intercontinental because it's had design changes. The United States title had been the same for years, decades. And it looked great. I don't know what they're... I don't I missed that old belt. Uh, but uh, I probably, probably Damian Priest is going to win. Uh, they don't push Nakamura anyways. And now we have Raw Tag Team Champions. RK, bro, please, Randy Orton, please turn heel. I'm Matt Riddle. Just RK, do the punt for Pete's sakes, please. I'm at my wit's end with this team actually existing. RK Bro taking on the Usos. I don't care. The Usos are probably going to win. I hope the Usos win. I, I, I hope the Usos win because our, uh, Randy Orton just RKO's Matt Riddle and then punts him with a steel chair. That'd be fine. I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine with the storyline coming to an end. It has actually no value. Randy Orton's coming in on 20 years in this company. This is not how we should have him marking 20 years in this company. Yes. But anyways, before we get into uh, the torturous moments of Raw, we're gonna get into uh, we're just gonna promote some stuff here at KCLU. So be aware, um, this Saturday, Mizzou is taking on Florida, and you can listen to that on KCLU 88.1 FM. Uh, the last game of the season is against Arkansas. You can listen to that next Saturday, not this coming Saturday, on KCLU 88.1 FM. We also have a great show, uh, deal shows coming back live on air after the studio, you know, had some issues. And soon we'll be back live on air. Should be around after uh, Thanksgiving break. We should be back live on air. But this is a little studio update and kind of what to listen to in terms of KCLU. Yeah, there might be a familiar voice on the Arkansas call. Uh, good luck listening to that. Good luck. <laughs> and anyways, let's talk about raw torture moments before we get into a little bit. We missed it last week, uh, the Montreal Screwjob anniversary. But better late than never, so we're going to get into this. Raw, what happened? I didn't watch. We begin <laughs> with Big E. Shocker. Oh my god! out to the ring. And with the last name Langston or no? No, he's no. Big E. He's just, oh, just Big E. Big e. Just Big E. give him Langston back. And he's uh, saying a lot. He's going to make sure that Brooklyn hospitals have enough room for Roman Reigns. That's pretty funny. <laughs> that I is like pretty that. funny. And he calls out Kevin Owens. says, Kevin Owens did the Big Bad. <laughs> big Bad. And he big bad. I guess, um, yeah, he said he snapped because Big E questioned his integrity. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> sure, bud. Sure. I mean, Keep telling yourself that. I believe that Kevin Owens, the character, would say that, but I don't believe it myself that that's what happened. Yep. Ah, uh, isn't it great? All right, next up. The, the, the Usos ended up attacking Big E. Oh, the Usos. Of course they did. Wow, totally haven't seen that five times over already. Big E and Riddle... <laughs> Team up against the Usos. Randy Orton, if you're listening to this podcast somehow, please do me a favor and just tell Vince I'm sick of this. I want to turn on Riddle and just make the most hellacious beatdown we've ever seen. The winners of this match after, uh, what, what happened here? Seth Rollins somehow got in this for some reason. I don't know. The Monday Night Messiah is back. Seth Rollins attacked Big E during the match, and the uh, referee called for the bell. Big E and Riddle win by disqualification. But here comes Randy Orton to make the save, and you know what happens after that? Big E and RK Bro face off. Oh my god! Seth Rollins. 
We have about a million commercial breaks during this entire uh, thing. Rollins and the Usos win, thank God. Yeah. This is just sad. Seth rolls up Riddle, he takes the pin. I can't even take this. I'm not I didn't even watch it. I'm just listening to you describe this. I didn't watch it either because I don't like hurting myself for three hours. So instead I read this and make it for five minutes, I'm in pain. I'd rather l- listen through listen to a seven-hour Spanish lecture in Spanish where it was just me and the class. Don't worry, it gets better. Bianca Belair. Oh, no. Faces off against a big uh, opponent that is a threat to her. Tamina. Tamina's still with the company? Tamina's made it through these Black Thursdays. Once again, having a good last name gets his places, I guess. Don't get me wrong. I like Bianca Belair, but I'm sick of Bianca Belair. That's fair. She's a great in-wing worker. I love the gimmick with her hair. I love the fact that she hits people with her hair. But at the same time, I am bored... Do something different with her. Get her into a different program. It seems like she's always feud- it seems like she hasn't stopped feuding with Becky since SummerSlam. The thing is with WWE compared to AEW, you notice something about AEW happening right now, where a lot of stars just kind of out of nowhere couldn't make it. Yeah, they had things get in the way. They had to improve themselves. They got injured, and it doesn't feel like they're missing. Because there's someone ready to take their spot. Because yeah. that bloated roster, oh, it's a good thing it's bloated, so you have someone right there when you need them. Yeah. Miro steps up and takes the spot in the tournament. It feels just as legitimate. Yeah. And here you see Bianca Belair needs a break. I think she needs a break to refresh herself. Uh, yeah, it's, she just looks... To me, it feels like she's heavily scripted, which she shouldn't be. Let her be natural. Let her be natural. That, that The thing with Bianca Belair in NXT, she seemed natural, she seemed real. After she won the Royal Rumble, did it sound like she was scripted? Yeah, it really did. It sounded I, like I, 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 did, I didn't feel like it did. Because you think after 60 minutes yeah. in that match, she was thinking, oh, these are my exact lines. No, she was going, I'm emotional. I need yeah. to let that out. I think I think after she won the belt, that's when it's like, oh, I'm so happy to be the champion. I'm a fighting champion. I'm a champion for the people. How many times have we heard that? I The face champions at this point just frustrate me because of how much reliance they put on Oh, but the fans, they love me. Mm-hmm. That's that's the important that's the crappiest thing with WWE right now. They can't, they can't whatever reason build good face champions. So Bianca won shocker, right? Wow. Are you stunned that Bianca Belair beat Tamina? I am so stunned that Tamina, who's probably jobbed out the more than anybody in WWE history in the women's division, did not win. But then out came Dewdrop, which is the dumbest name. She's gonna get released. She's going to get released soon. She tells me that now she's had a match, it wouldn't be fair for her to go out to the ring and take advantage and beat the hell out of her. Um, Dewdrop tells her that after Survivor Series, she'll be looking for her. So I guess that's your next feud of Dewdrop and Bianca Belair. Dewdrop's going to get released soon. I know it. I have a feeling. I want to say she's in a storyline, but as it turns out, that doesn't matter anymore. Does it matter? Well, because you all hit... Well, all right. That's enough of Raw. Let's just... Just to talk yeah, about the screw drop. Yeah, I wanted to... I'm looking at it, scrolling down. Not much. No. Nope. Let's just talk about the screw drop. All right. So, those of you who don't know, November 9th... Uh, I can't remember the year. 1997. 1997. So, basically over 25 years ago. Right? I think we're... I think it's 24th anniversary. Around 25. So, uh, that shows I can't do math, but we're around 24, 25, and last week we 
re- I, I feel like the screw job, because it doesn't have as much heat as it used to, because everything's okay with Brett, everything's okay with Sean, everything's okay with Vince now. All three parties involved are okay now. But, like, it's still one of those moments in wrestling history we can't forget about. It changed the business forever. Yeah, everybody kind of knew now. Well, the secret was already out. Let's not pretend like it was still the big kayfabe was not broken. No, it was. People knew it wasn't real. It was like the kind of the first big thing of kayfabe being broken. This was the one that kind of shattered the glass of it all. Like, your parents knew if you were a kid that it wasn't real, but they just didn't want to tell you. Yeah. But this was the one where the kids were going, what's going on? Everything weird. He didn't have. Why did Earl call for the bell? Earl Hefner, it seems like he was involved in it too. And there was just a lot that went down. So let's just go back. Rewind a little bit. Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, to this point, they hated each other, but they knew how to work professionally with each other. Let's just give them both credit at the time. They hated each other's guts, but instead of actually legitimately beating the crap out of each other, they were able to put the to their put that aside. Basically, I'll give Bret Hart credit. I won't give Shawn credit. I'll tell you that. Honestly, <laughs> the weird thing is, Shawn was such a freaking jerk back then. Shawn Michaels might have been the worst person on the planet to work with at the time. Yes. Which is baffling considering he, how good he was. He knew he was talented, and that was the worst thing for him at that time. You, it, to set the scene for people who aren't aware, for the faint of heart, if you were a kind soul in the WWE locker room, unfortunately you had to work with Shawn Michaels, and you're too nice to say anything about it, because mm-hmm. he's going to bury you. Yeah. Ask Vader. And, th- and the thing with Shawn was, too... Um, he was just arrogant. He was pompous. He was arrogant. He drank. He was a degenerate, as it would turn out. Yeah, and, and he he, he lost his smile at one point. Uh, he lost his smile, accused Bret Hart of infidelity. <laughs> which <laughs> which um, was a shoot, by the way. That Yeah, I mean... With Sable. I think it was Sonny. Sonny, yeah, yeah, right. Not Sable. They were very easy to mix up. They are. I mean, they're interchangeable. <laughs> they were both people there for their looks that weren't good at wrestling. Yeah. So that was, so you had all this heat between these two, and basically it felt like Brett was getting a low ball by Vince. Vince was basically telling him to go to WCW because Vince knew he didn't want to pay Brett anymore, and Brett wanted to get paid more, and so he said just go to WCW because Vince also knew that WCW wouldn't find, couldn't use him right. They couldn't find a way to use him right, and it served true. It served true. And also, it served true about the moment where Vince let his, uh, let's say, secret agent, double agent. Once he let Vince Russo go, it got real clear that they didn't know how to use him. Yes, and um, screw you, Goldberg, by the way, for ending Brett's career. That I, I looked back at that, and while I think the kick definitely it can cost him, obviously. Yeah. Well, I think did him in was the fall. Yeah. That was the one where... Maybe if he didn't get kicked in the head, he does it correctly. But also, that's such a risky move. That for bump, Red. that bump, he lands on the back of his head yeah. basically. Yeah, he did not take the bump right. But uh, so we had all this heat build up, and put it this way, there was meetings. And so and what Vince was worried about was the WWF Championship, for basically not showing up on television because they wouldn't do that again. But it was more of saying WWF Champion. On television, WCW television. First of all, how did Vince not think to get the belt off Brett any sooner before this? That would be my one thing. But He had so many solutions at his disposal. And Brett, well, let's say this. 
Brett was stubborn about not losing it to Shawn Michaels in Canada. He could have just used Taker. He really could have just used Taker. Screw it. Just put Taker in there. You could have put. You could have dropped it before the pay per view. Yeah. Which it's in Montreal. That would have decimated the pay. Or you could have said along the lines of, "Oh, the heart," because the Heart Foundation was already feuding with DX to this point. Um, the Heart Foundation just attacked, you know, Sean and DX in a hotel, and then, oh, we, well, Brett coming off as the heel, it's like, no, when here's a challenge, we hear bomb, and then Undertaker comes out. You could have done so many different things that would have made but, everyone happy out the door. But you see, they did that. Sean would have quit. And Vince didn't want to lose Sean. So Sean was, 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 was going to quit if he was not put over or used in the match. He was already going to lose Bret Hart. That was a given. So if you couldn't gonna, lose both. If you're going to bury one of them, you're burying Bret. Whether Bret likes it or not, he's not going to be here next week. Sean will. Yeah. So like it or not. So it was Cornette actually <laughs> who planted the seed in Vince's head. To said, well, it's your title. Just screw him over. He's, and he's got a point. I mean, that's what you could have just done. Now, my thing is that Brett, again, many times said, I will drop it to this guy, that yeah. guy, or that guy. Yep. I will drop it here, here, or here. It's not in Canada. Not to Sean. Not, not in Canada. Canada. And, well, maybe you just should have done that instead. Yep. You could have had him dropped it the day after. He was still under contract then. The he should have just, uh, the original plan was they went a month, and he would drop it in a four-way. Fatal four way. Sean didn't like that. I mean, so you have two disgruntled parties. You really should have dropped the belt a lot sooner because you knew it was coming. So it's on Vince. But because you have two disgruntled parties, you needed Sean more than you needed Brett because Brett was on his way out. Screwing him over to that point was the right thing to do, but also it wasn't the right thing to do because you had plenty of opportunity. You dug yourself in a hole and now you had to pay for it. So the thing is why Brett didn't want, other than just the overall heat, it's because I think Brett had said he had no problem putting him over. Yeah. And then Sean said something along the lines of, well, I wouldn't put you over. Yeah. And it was kind of like, well, one, Sean, we were so, it was going to be fine. It was all going to be fine, then you had to open your mouth. Yeah, and the thing was, they had problems in the past. So, like, it wasn't like out of nowhere, like, oh, I hate this guy. No, they had problems, issues in the past, and it was just a tipping point for Brett at that point. He was... It was very clear they hated each other. They hated each other just in general. Yeah. And a lot of attention goes into who knew what. Earl knew. Earl knew. Earl, absolutely. He was the guy who called for the bell. I mean, yeah. how could he know? He ran out to a car. It was he, running. It he, was running. He ran out of the arena, got in a car, and got A out running of town. car, mind you. They got out of town. Um, and then let's talk about the infamous stuff that happened afterward. None <laughs> of this was caught on video because they were following Brett around. It was his, uh, it was... A documentary. Was Wrestling with Shadows or something like that. Yeah, like that. that. But, the, uh, they had an opportunity to catch all of some video. So, basically, Brett goes back in the locker room after basically destroying half the ring and the arena, um, pissed off, and basically goes to the guys on the back, you know, this happened to me. This can happen to anyone, all of you. After pointing his finger at Sean, be like, you knew, didn't you? And Sean was like, no, I didn't, which is obviously a lie, because Sean knew. Sean did, though. And they taught Sean, actually, some self-defense moves, just in case. I don't think it would have been very effective, considering he would have actually had to, you know, pull out some yeah. self-defense. So Brett isn't going to pull out like your usual, I'm going to punch you in the face. He's, he was probably out for blood that yeah. day. Yeah, and then, so, basically, this pissed off Taker. Taker grabbed Vince, the locker room leader the Undertaker, said, you know what? He needs to answer to this. He got Vince. 
and what went down after. So Vince was initially there. Brett was in the shower. Brett got out of the shower, saw Vince basically, and said, "Screw it," and clocked him. He clocks him right afterwards. You see Vince with a black eye for a while, and you see him. It actually broke his ankle. Yeah, when he it, fell, you know, he, Vince falls down and breaks his ankle, which is I mean. Geez. And then the next day on TV, Brett screwed Brett, and we got Heel McMahon. Heel McMahon, the greatest character in all of wrestling history. I don't care who you got, that's the best heel. That's the greatest. It is, and go it helped Austin, and we got rest of history from there. It was if the Montreal Screwjob doesn't happen. There's their safe way to say WWF doesn't win the Monday Night War. Yeah, they don't win the Monday Night War. All I have to say is uh, I'm not sure I'm that sad. I mean, WCW yeah. was actually nuts at the time. It Until Russo got in. No, it was more nuts after that, just not in a good way. <laughs> the fact that Russo was world heavyweight champion. Vince Russo, WCW champion. <laughs> it was awful. David Arquette, yeah. WCW champion. But uh, this is all we have for today. Um, we should be back after break with episode 7, and we'll have a big show then. Hopefully yeah. we're live in studio. If not, we'll be recorded. But in the meantime, so KCLU 88.1 FM, check out KCO2, when KCO2 is back up and, you know, having shows. Anyways, any closing statements? Um, uh, hopefully this Thursday coming up, it's Thanksgiving. Hopefully we don't have any releases this time. That'd hopefully cool. we don't. That would be really bad if we have releases on Thanksgiving. But I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't put it past them. All right, let's get out of here and get the Thanksgiving break. This has been the show.